really late in his football after dark time. Do do do. Da 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 after dark. Do do do. It's really late and it's time for football after dark. Time football after dark podcast. Hey, this is really redundant because Justin's gonna put an intro song in before this, and now there's another twenty seconds of song. Well, is it a song or is it just us singing? Does that count as a song? I don't know. Does, I don't does, does, does the simple act of singing constitute a song? Yes. Really? It's, it, it's 1 a.m. Can okay. we not have this debate? <laughs> oh, crap. It is Welcome to dude. Football After Jesus. Dark. I am your host, Justin the Jusby. Hi, Justin the Jusby. Today I'm joined by number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Chief gang, chief gang. Stop it. Chief gang. Professional sports broadcaster, man who's very proud to have a new PB and Mario Odyssey speed run. Hey, that's me. Nathan Kuyper. I did that. I don't just do professional sports broadcasting. I play video games. Yeah. On twitch.tv slash Kuiper don't care. I play video games sometimes. And Corey. Is asleep. Yeah, he's sleeping. Because <laughs> uh, it's 1 a.m. We're not even going to lie this time. He's sleeping. Yeah, Corey's asleep. <laughs> There's no reason to lie. The Saints lost and he's sleeping in yep, depression. That's it. He No, he's sleeping. Specifically, this is all a ruse. Uh, now we're going to start <laughs> right, lying. Go. Let's go. Right. No. <laughs> so, like, it was a bunch of scheduling conflicts forced us to record at midnight. And then... I think Corey was behind it, just so he didn't he could go to sleep, and force us a too late at night for him to give a shit about it, so he didn't have to talk about the Saints. Ooh, we got I'm some fad, we got some fad pod drama. I'm calling him out. I'm some calling fad him out right drama. Well, F- let's start drama. there then. Let's fad start. Drama. We won't spend too much time on the games that happened last week because tomorrow are the divisional round games, which are definitively the best weekend of. NFL football. All right, Warren Sharp. No, it is. I've been saying that before, Warren Sharp. 100%. I've always felt that way. Yeah, but like... It's the, the one eight and best two, teams. Yeah, but the one and two seeds win all the time. That's not true at all. They're going to win this week. Yeah. But anyway... Hell yeah, hell yeah. Chief game, chief game. Um, <laughs> we'll talk very briefly about the games last week. We'll talk about all of the head coaching things that have happened. Yes. Because there's been a couple of them. Uh, and then we'll talk about the games this week. Um, so... Much to Justin's speculation, Corey does not want to be here to talk about the Saints, primarily because I think a lot of us were going to come onto this show and <coughs> kind of talk about how dumb Sean Payton was in that game. Not using timeouts when he could have, the weird decision-making, botching that field goal at the end of the first half. The Vikings moved Everson Griffin from the outside to the inside, and Sean Payton literally did nothing about it until, like, right at the start of the third quarter. Like, Everson Griffin was just just sitting in Drew Brees' lap all game. Yeah, and then you the- had Ryan Ramchek, who's like a Pro Bowl right tackle, hadn't given up a sack all year, gives up two to Donnell Hunter. Like, I said this, I, I thought of this earlier today because we were talking about, I was, when I was getting ready for the podcast, I was thinking about this. That was the first game all year long that... It was, it was apparent that the Saints don't have anybody else outside of Michael Thomas. A receiver? Oh, yeah. That was like the offensive weapon, period. Like, that was the first game where it was like, wow, like, like they just have Michael Thomas, and that's it. Like, Alvin Kamara's been injured all year long, and he certainly has not been his normal self. Ever since they lost Ingram. I was going to say that. I'm like, Big deal. that would have been the game. That game last week would have been the Mark Ingram game. 
Yep. Like, that would have been the game where it's like Mark Ingram would have come in. Like, all of Big those trust. times. Yeah, all of those times that the Saints got down to the red zone and kicked field goals, right? That's Ingram territory. That's Ingram. Like, you imagine you sit, you put Michael Thomas out wide. You put Kamara in the slot. You put Jared Cook lined up next to the line of scrimmage next, uh, like, on the opposite side. And then you put Taysom Hill over there yep. for the option threat. And then you put Mark Ingram in the backfield. That was That's like the quintessential Saints offensive goal line setup, right? Yeah, and Latavius Murray just doesn't quite hit He's that mark. He's just not as good. He's yeah. just not as good as Mark Ingram. He's a good stopgap. He's a good, like, he can go in and bash his head against the wall and get 100 yards. But just in a play-to-play, game-to-game situation, Latavius just isn't going to give you the production that Mark Ingram yeah, does. Yeah, he's not going to break through defenses like Ingram does. No. Ingram just pounds through defenses, yeah. and that's what makes him Ingram's so good. Ingram's been good this year, primarily because he's been part of a really good committee, which is what... Why, that's why him and Kamara worked so well. Yeah. Like... Like, there were fantasy teams in those seasons that had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara on them. You would never in a million years have Kamara and Latavius Murray. No. Ever. It it just was – it's not going to be a thing. So, I think that game was largely – it was largely lost by Sean Payton and his – Incredibly questionable decision, especially at the end. Yeah. With the timeouts. Oh my Holy God. shit, was that bad? Like they they let the clock run all the way down to like just before the two minute warning before the punt. That way you don't get. That's like, that's one of the biggest things that blows my mind is when teams don't when they waste the two minute warning on the punt to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest thing. And they're like, oh well, we wanted to hold on to the timeout in case there was an offensive penalty. There literally was an offensive penalty, and you didn't use it. You took the offensive penalty and just didn't use the timeout. So what the hell was the point Yeah, of, of saving the timeout it at that seemed, point? It seemed entirely questionable. I I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's just he loves busting out in the moment. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. What know. It is. Payton, you got to bring has, it up. He's only Sean got Payton, one Super Bowl win. He has the numbers behind him that shows that he's a great head coach. I there's it's there. He's, 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 he's Andy Reid with a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. yeah. That that's the perfect, yeah. That's the perfect uh analogy or comparison is he's just Andy Reid with a Super Bowl. He's Andy Reid if Andy Reid would have had a top 5 quarterback all time on his team for the majority of his time there. Like, like he does now. Well, well, for the rest about. of his time there, hey. Yeah, he's okay. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> um, but no, and Patty then Kicks. I guess the flip side of it is your your boy Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, it was a game at 1 o'clock. You he, like that? He had, <laughs> he had to... Dude. He, he had to get, first of all, I love when everyone was like, man, Kirk Cousins exercised a lot of demons. The dude is 7-30 and 30 against teams... With winning records. Here's the thing. It was a game at 1 o'clock in the Dome. He's 7 and 30. It was a game at 1 o'clock in the Dome. What time is their game Saturday? 3 or 4? All right, so it's a 3 or 4 o'clock game. It's already fucking him up. Two, it's outside. Three, all the emotional weight of the game. This this is why the Vikings haven't been to the Super Bowl in forever. Matt, there's, there's a problem with your argument. What? There's a problem with your argument. What? Tell me. What time is the game here? I don't know. Three o'clock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in California. It's, gonna, it's one o'clock yeah, over there. Okay. Well, just <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll strike that. We'll strike that from the books. But like at the same time, 
I like Vikings fans. I feel so bad for them because it feels like Vikings fans go through this weird cycle of they don't make the playoffs for a while and then they make the playoffs. And it's, I, I just oh, Vikings fans. I, I've listened to your announcer make big calls and big games and big playoff moments, and then like you guys shit the bed the next week. Whether it's Brett Favre hitting the back of the end zone in the playoffs on a crazy play. And then you shit the bed the next week. Minneapolis Miracle. Shit the bed. All of a sudden, you guys have all these field goal kicking problems. Losing close games in the playoffs. Shit in the bed. You you guys get a big win late in the season or in the playoffs. And it like uses up all your emotional energy. And then you come out flat the next week. So when you go into San Fran and you get your shit pushed in, don't come crying to me. <laughs> Cause it's gonna happen. You, they're gonna they're gonna come out flat. Kirk Cousins be like, "Yeah, you like that? I did that. I there's, want a playoff game a, at yeah. one o'clock in a dome." There's a lot of Kirk things. Kirk Cousins said you like that. There's a lot of things. He said it too. He's gonna lose. <laughs> We'll get into it later, but there's the a, thing. There's a lot of things. getting cocky. Kyle Rudolph like, I thought Kirk could win the big game, huh? It's a wild card game. At 1 o'clock. I hate it. I, but they were, the, they were the biggest underdogs, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, they were the sixth seed. But fucking I, every time that a commentator said that it's Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, I wanted to cringe. It's, less, it's, le- it's not about him being in primetime. It's about him against good teams right. that are above. Everyone keeps missing the boat. It's not about when he plays. It is a little bit. It's, it's he's a like little bit about seven on Monday night. He's zero and eight on Monday. Night. Oh, and eight, my bad. It's it's a little bit about that. It's mostly about the level of competition he plays. He is going into that game. He was six and thirty against teams that finished the year with a winning record. And it's not even like his stats are that good. They just leaned on Dalvin Cook because they've had a running game and a big moment because Dalvin Cook has been charging up for three weeks. Like If you look at Cousins' stats, he was barely 50%. I don't even think he had 300 yards passing. He had, what, one touchdown? He had the touchdown uh, at the end. Yeah, the touchdown at the end. I, I just... It's not going to happen. I mean, he's going to get absolutely destroyed. And it's not even going to be... F- Close. No. The, the, here's Not the actually. thing. He, people are saying this is going to be like the best week of football. I'm predicting four blowouts. I think there's going to be four. Shit, four blowouts. The one well, and two seeds are blowing everyone out. Well, we're gonna we'll get to what we think the games are going to happen, but there are a lot of things From that the San that the San Fran offense does that the that the man that the. Uh, the Minnesota defense is not very good at it. Right. Adam Lefkoe this morning brought up, well, not this morning, but the other day, brought up an interesting, I didn't know about this. He did an interview with Austin Hooper. Yeah. Oh, I heard this because I listened to this. Yeah, thing. you listened to this. It was fascinating. And, and Adam Lefkoe was talking about when he talked to Adam Hooper, uh, Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper about Kyle Shanahan. Austin Hooper told Adam Lefkoe that Kyle Shanahan will build an offensive game plan Strictly around finding the one guy on the defense that is susceptible in some way, and just, just screw, just, just destroying that guy all game long, all game long, just over and over and over again. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna abuse this dude all game long. I don't even care if other things are open. I'm gonna abuse this guy. Because I know he can't stop what I'm doing. 
I don't know who that guy is or who it's going to be on the Vikings defense. It probably will be Xavier Rhodes. Because <laughs> yeah. Xavier Rhodes has not been very good this year. Right. But so I don't know, expect a big game from Debo Samuel, I guess. I don't know. He's fucking come out of nowhere this year and played really well. He's played amazing. Um, all of a sudden, the San Francisco 49ers have two good receivers and a good tight end and good running backs. Man, who'd have thunk that, you know, building a team around, you know, a reasonable quarterback contract can actually be, you know, beneficial. You know I don't gonna, know about I think it's going to be a gigantic deal going into this game. You have a now uh, healthy Tevin Coleman with fresh legs. Quan Alexander. You have Quan Alexander coming back. You have D Ford coming back. You have Jaquazi Tark coming back. You have Tevin Coleman coming back. A week to prepare for the Vikings defense. I don't. I don't. I, I, I can imagine a situation where this game is close for a while. I. We were all wrong last week with our predictions, but I'm just. I don't care. I'm. I think the 49ers are gonna. Bounce them. Like, I think the 49ers are going to run them out Herb of Santa Stop them. Oh, yeah. Like, just, I think they're going to run them out of California. Like, I mean, the, the line right now is seven. Oh, yeah. Like, it might not, not, it might not look good, like, in the first quarter. Like, ooh, it might be like 10 to seven. Like, ooh, you know, this game might be close. No. No. This game's going to run away. They're going to make Kirk Cousins drop back and throw the ball. They're going to take Dalvin Cook away, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Um, and the 49ers hope, well, according to my prediction, I think we all agree that they're going to be going uh, to the NFC Championship game. The next one I want to get to, for reasons that I'm sad about, is the Bills-Texans game. Yeah. God. So, so that game. God damn. I hate Bill O'Brien so much. He is so bad. Like, Deshaun Watson willed that team to victory. It's literally, people, I after that game was over, Bill O'Brien was like, man, thank God J.J. was here. He made that big sack, and it got the team involved. It got the crowd. Was like, no, you guys won because Brian Dayball called that second half like a moron. And Josh Allen was flipping the ball backwards and lateraling and shit. and Trying to do way too much. Yeah, trying to do way too much. He and then a freak accident play where Deshaun Watson was dead to right sacked, and then, oh my God. Spun out of it. Oh my God. I watched that play happen. And Me I, too. I, well, I was at break at work. I just happened to be. My mouth actually, like, like yeah. fell. Yeah, like, I, was I was like, like oh I... shit. I got out of my seat. I couldn't, like, what the fuck? He... I, I love Deshaun Watson. He's probably. He's probably my favorite young quarterback in the league right now. I, I detest the team that he's on. Yep, I'm so I'm so upset that Deshaun keeps dragging this bad team <laughs> to the playoffs and keeping Bill O'Brien employed. I'm not saying they all have bad players, but like DeAndre Hopkins is good. I get it. JJ Watt is gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's good. Like, but God, like their offensive line sucks. And Will Fuller sucks. He's made of glass. Like, their defense isn't very good. Bill O'Brien is a is an idiot. And, like, I felt so bad for the Bills because the Bills came out and were just, like, hitting on all cylinders. They had that trick play where Josh Allen caught the touchdown. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Go Josh Allen. Like, I loved it. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Josh Allen. This is awesome. Josh Allen's going to go to the next round of the playoffs. And I wanted it Baker so bad. Baker Mayfield sitting at home and Sam Darnold sitting at home and 
Josh Rosen is sitting at home like, hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. And then Brian Dayball just like stuck his face into a vat of nacho cheese <laughs> and just like and just decided I don't know what he was doing all game long. It was awful. And Bill O'Brien was just like, all right, all right, I give up. Deshaun, you go out there and just throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins a whole bunch. Well, it's what it is. The team starts off so slow because Bill O'Brien's such a shit game player. Did you know they were outgained this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they were outgained and outscored. Yeah. Yeah. And they made what? the playoffs. And they made the playoffs. Excuse. Like, why do you have a job? As you know, from That's so annoying. The the Texans so often this season found themselves behind at halftime. Oh my god. Because of terrible game planning and then they'd come out in the second half or sometimes the second quarter or whatever and start running hurry up and just put, put the game into Sean's hands. We're good, buddy. <laughs> Almost dropped the polar pop. I'm cutting you off. You've had zero drinks tonight and I'm cutting you off. It's it's it's, it's the how can I drink so much pop with so little caffeine keeping me awake? I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, it is just God, it, it is just bothering. It just bothers so, me. So, we take that into their game now. I like how we're doing this. We're talking about the game last week, and then the winner, we're putting them into their new matchup. I right. like that. We, yeah. int- we didn't intend to do that, but I like that. It's good format. So, the Texans now get to go on the road to a Kansas City team that they did beat. I, I know it was early. I know a lot of things changed. They did beat them. Not the same team. They followed the, and we're going to talk about that. They followed the sort of the the road map that Matt Patricia left in the Detroit game where play a lot of man and, I don't know, just play a lot of man coverage, run the ball a whole bunch. It worked for the Colts. It immediately worked the week after that for the Texans. And it's funny because Matt and I, obviously, we talk about Warren Sharp a lot. And one of the things that he talked about this week was that the Texans ran like 92% man coverage on defense which is insane, but then no other team the rest of the season did it. Nobody else did it. Like, no one else ran more man than zone against the Chiefs. Yeah, they everyone ran more zone. Or the highest we got in man for the rest of the year was like 45% or yeah. something like that. So it, I don't know if everyone just, like, bailed on it because they thought it wasn't going to work long-term, which I don't know how it works long-term because they have the fastest guy in the NFL, and you would think that, Eventually he's gonna break. Eventually he's gonna break loose. Well, yeah. At the time, at the the games with the Lions and the Colts, you were the least healthy. Least healthy, and Tyreek didn't play, so yeah, playing man was deal. a little bit yeah. more. Now Tyreek did play in the Texans game. It was his first game back. It was his first game back. Yes. Um, and that was a game that had that weird touchdown, no call, interception, yeah, weird thing like that the happened. Could have still won that game if they got the ref call in their favor. Yeah. So. Basically, it comes down to, okay, so how do we expect a team like the Texans, who have already beat the Chiefs, to now go on the road again and try to beat them again? And with Bill O'Brien, it's basically going to come down to, Bill O'Brien's just going to do the same thing that he did last time. Yeah, because he's a creature of habit. Yeah, he's not going to do anything different. He's going to try to run the same defense with the same protections and the and same schemes. Andy Reid on a bye week has got to know this. I know Andy Reid analytics himself. Yeah, he's he. They they know that they're going to be going up against man. They're going to be prepared for it. Yeah, but my thing. But this they're is not what, fast guys. Yeah, and but this is what I wanted to get to Matt with. Is this Texans team is so 
This Texans team, if I w- if you would ask me, right, come up with a team that will beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> like, just th- just create a team in your imagination. I would c- come up with a team that has a horrible head coach <laughs> that is dreadful in the first half, but just makes shit up and just has, like, miracle plays happen in their favor and i mean that is that is a good formula to beating the chiefs yeah it's that's the texans that's what they are we play worse with a lead stupid shit happens to us you literally went on this show and was like the chiefs are one of the worst teams in the nfl playing with a lead because you've been so inconsistent running the football you can't run the clock out and your defense hasn't been good enough to hold people it's because of shit like that that we haven't lost all of our losses we haven't lost a game by more than one possession in like three years. Oh my god! <laughs> Every single nuts. one of our losses is one possession. That is nuts. that hurts. That hurts. That's like the type like the, like the, that's one of those situations where like man like I wish I could just go to bed right. Like I wish I could just turn the game off. All right, we're losing by twenty. There's five minutes left. I don't care. Yeah, I'm good. Like, Whatever. I'm I good. Can get, I can get the madness and drinking started now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta wait for the last drive. No, two minutes to go. Mahomes gets the ball, throws an interception, but we got three timeouts left. Yeah, this just screams to like, I can't wait for this game to happen, and for the halftime score to be like twenty-one to three. I'm gonna cry. And and I message Matt. I'm like, how fucking nervous are you right now? And Matt's gonna be like, I. You're like, I've never been. I can't, I'm waiting for the text to be like, I've never been less confident. <laughs> like we have an 18 point lead at home against Bill O'Brien. And Deshaun is just... We were up 17-3 against them in that Week 6 game. You were. So, like, I, no lead's good enough. Nope. No, I don't want it. That being said... I would rather us be losing at halftime. I, I would, too. Cause, no, and that... Cause I really, really, Seriously. Because at that point, you know what Bill O'Brien's going to do. He's going to come out and run the ball three straight times. And then punt. Because that's what Bill O'Brien does. Um, did you see the video of him flipping the fan off as he was running into the tunnel? Yeah, oh, dude, what did, you hear what he, no, did you hear what he said? Like the the fan or the fan yells at him. He, uh, uh, said something like "You suck, Bill" or whatever, and Bill was like, "I know I suck." Or he basically he outed himself and said he sucked. Yeah. If you yeah. listen to it, what he I mean, said, he's like, "Or you suck more than me," or I I don't know. Whatever he said, he basically. In his tirade and flipping the fan off, talked about how much he sucked and knew it. I mean, it's not hard to, you know, miss that he's really fucking terrible. That being said, I do think the Chiefs win. They are the biggest favorite of the weekend. They're like nine and a half point favorites right now. It opened at 10 and it went up. It's been down to nine and a half. I think I would. I think if I was taking a side, I would still I would probably take the Texans as like a backdoor cover. It looks closer at the end than it does. I just it's just the Deshaun thing, man. Like I can't I can't discount Deshaun being able to just come out and just make crazy shit happen. Well, Mahomes can do that too though. I Mahomes think we, can I do think that. I think we're forgetting five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns because he was injured for half the year. That's true. No, I, I just think Pat has been Pat's been just as good as he was last year. It's just kind of become like, oh, okay, yeah, he's the best. Like, we've established that now. Like, okay, Pat's the best. Whatever. So, let's... We don't have to talk about Pat. Like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, until Pat wins a Super Bowl, we could just, like, okay, he's 
Pat's Pat. He's the best. All he can right. complete passes without looking at people. He can throw the ball 80 yards from his back. We get it. Lamar's fun. <laughs> like, let's fuck. You know what I mean? I think that's what people are doing. But um, I, I think, I, I don't know, man. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't think it'll be a blowout because it's the Chiefs and the Texans. It's the Chiefs versus an AFC South team. And I just expect craziness at some point. I don't expect someone to catch their own touchdown pass. No, not that crazy. But, yeah, no, that'll happen in the AFC Championship game against the Titans. Because, but, but the perfect transition is it's funny that we talked about Deshaun, right? And how that's so frustrating. Yeah. Literally the same thing with the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Literally the same thing. It is disgusting how close that game actually was against an Eagles team that was completely depleted with Josh McCown at the helm. Playing with a torn hamstring, by yeah, the way. And yeah, he tore his ham. You could see when it happened, too, because he I mean, started limping. I goes to show how good Doug Peterson is. I think some of the oh, shit yeah. Doug Peterson was getting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. To be able to make, a, make a, a playoff appearance happen with the season that they had, and then finally, after all this time, after three fucking seasons, three postseason appearances without your quarterback... You get him. He's here. And then Jadavion Clowney says, hold up a minute. And then not even... Like, I'm going to spear even, tackle like, him. Not even no like, fines, no penalties. Yeah. Just- uh, apparently, it was like bad. Like apparently Carson was like wobbling in the 10. Yeah, that's right. He had like no clue what had happened and stuff. But like getting back to the Seahawks, man. They're, they're, uh, dude, t- they they're had stubborn. Fi- they had 15. I think it was like... They had 15 running attempts for 14 yards. Yeah, well, again, it was Eagles, like the Eagles were the number four rushing defense. Yeah, but it's like they were trying to run into a brick wall and not. You have Russell. You have Russell Wilson. Use him. Use him. Why do they just forget that they have one of the most it's, prolific talents in the entire NFL? It's one of the crazy. It's it's like bo- a weird. It's like a weird. Amalgamation of the Deshaun Watson situation. Yeah, both teams do the same thing, where it's just like we got this system and we want to establish the run and we want to do this and we want to, and then they get down at halftime, and then the only way they win is their quarterback has to be sensational. And like, I don't. I'm sorry, I'm not picking the 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 teams that are like, okay, we need sensational play from our quarterback or else we lose. Did you know Seattle like trailed in every single game they won this year? Yeah. Yeah, which is actually, they trailed at one point in every single game they won. Yeah, most of them they trailed at the second half. It's funny because it's actually a, uh, it's actually a the big statistic that Russell Wilson usually like like is almost guaranteed to win when he's leading at halftime, and then this year it's been fundamentally different. Well, it, it's really funny because you're gonna have a really uh, interesting thing where like the Seahawks are the only team in the NFL to win more games than they lost when they didn't have the halftime lead. But then you're going into, you know, Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers is, is, some, is something like... It's like 172 one and one He's only, a halftime he, lead. He's only lost with a one time, time yeah, at home with a halftime lead. Yeah. He's lost once. So it just makes you wonder. That is... If anyone's going to stop that, it'd be Russell Wilson. It'd be Wilson. Russell Wilson. It'd be, I if hate anybody, literally, well, I'm looking Packers, at you. Packers, Seahawks, if playoff anyone games. Is gonna end, if anyone's going to put a damper on that, it would be the Seattle Seahawks. Pack, not even playoff games. Packers, Seahawks games in general. Weird shit always happens. Always. Yeah. I, I can't. 
Oh, I can't even. The fail Mary, the botched onside kick. Oh, my God. I have been. I was so pissed. The Seattle Seahawks have hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) They've really hurt you so much. And it sucks because you really like Russ. I love Russ. The Seahawks have have really hurt you. I wish you would just stay the fuck out of Green Bay. (laughs) (laughs) When Carson Wentz went down in that game, my heart sank. Because you knew? It's like this Packers team that I already know isn't good enough has to once again watch Russell Wilson walk into his home and fucking do some dumb shit and just now, end, the, end the playoff run again. No, we went to Seattle the last well, time. Yeah, now happened. that was the thing is that Seattle, I'm, I'm sorry, Russ in Lambeau has not been nearly as good. Right. But it's it's more so the the... The individual matchup between the Packers and the Seahawks have had so many crazy, just like moments in between the two of them, yeah. that you just expect you something expect a wild game. Yeah, and I guarantee you it will be another wild game. Now I don't think uh, it'll be. I think it, the wild, the, the wild stuff will come from specifically from the Seahawks this year. You're gonna see. You're gonna see the Packers maintain probably an early lead. And do what they've done all season. They're going to come out with a quick strike, with a pretty solid first drive game plan. Got to lean on Aaron Jones, right? Oh, they have to lean on Aaron Jones hard, and then they will. They have been all year. There's, there's nothing any any different in this game at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Russell Wilson's going to come in playing from behind. He's going to do what he always does, and that game's going to be nutty close. What I'm worried about is if that situation comes up, and I and I know Aaron Rodgers is usually great for this, but he has not been. So far, this year, where you're put in that in that two minute warning situation, and you have to make it happen, do we trust Aaron Rodgers this year to get that done? That's crazy to think about. Do we trust Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. That if should I be do. an automatic yes. I don't. Know it's not do. this year, though. I not, know, but it should not. be. I I don't. It feels weird talking about not it. With his strange accuracy issues and the. The really shallow depth of wide receiver that's been going on in Green He's Bay. He's the only Aaron Rodgers is the only if you want to come because he came tail end. He's the only old guard quarterback left in the playoffs. Everyone yeah. else is young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's Everyone else is young. He's the oldest quarterback in the playoffs, which is weird to think about. Like he's Aaron Rodgers is a few years younger than like your Breeze, Brady, Manning, all that shit. That's why he's still got like four to five years left in the league. Mm-hmm. But he's still the tail end of that old guard yep. that we've been watching run the NFL for the last ten years. But now you got you got your Garoppolo's, Wilsons, Jacksons, Mahomes, Watsons, Tannehills. <laughs> Do you know he's the highest draft pick out of every uh, quarterback left? That's amazing. Did you That's know wonderful. that? That's wonderful. <laughs> it gives me the gigglies. I don't know, man. It terrifies me. That Seahawks Eagles game came. The Eagles had no chance. As soon it was as easily the most boring playoff game it of all. It was sad, weekend. dude. It was just a boring. The Seahawks just, just the Seahawks just what slamming tra- the the Seahawks just slamming Travis Homer into the Eagles defensive front for no yards and facing a third down and nine and having Russell Wilson run around and throw the ball to DK Metcalf. And convert it, and then slam Homer against the Eagles for two more yards, and then throw it again. I'm like, I I hate this. Like, this is so 
hard to watch. Yeah, and the Eagles like, come on, they can't do anything. Yeah, the Eagles get down to the red zone and then go backwards for five yards and then kick a field goal with Jake Elliott, and it was just it's like fucking. I, I felt so bad for Josh McCown, a man who's. Been I felt around. so bad for the Eagles, dude. Yeah, like, they're. I don't entire know, team, man. Whoever's on their training staff, whoever their team doctor is, dude, fire him. They fired Doug Peterson. Fired two different coaches, two different assistant coaches this week, and neither of them were the strength and conditioning coach. Mistake. I was, like, I was like, what are you doing? That's a mistake. Whoever is your strength and conditioning coach has completely fucked up something. The, I feel like it was really funny. The Eagles like. I've seen like some fake mock drafts where it's like the Eagles take like three straight wide receivers. This is a big. This is a really deep wide receiver class. It is. It's very it is. deep. I hope it's I'll very very deep. Um, but uh, receivers are goofy when they transition to the NFL. Yeah. Like you've you've had some of those those classes where it, it, there's like three or four receivers that go in the first round and none of them end up being very good. Like the Laquan Treadwells, Josh Doxons. You know them, those guys of the world. Um, yeah. Nakeem Harry's. Nakeem. Har- oh God, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> no, Nakeem Harry. Oh man, oh, we're gonna man. we're gonna get to the Patriots in a second. Um, but I think the I think the Packers are gonna win. The, the Seahawks are banged up. They're like I understand they're a better team on the road this year than they've been at home, but like. There's only so many times where Russell eventually something's got to give. Something's got to give. Like the Seahawks can't keep relying on Russell Wilson to dig them out out of multiple score deficits in the second half over and over and over again. That's just not an effective way to especially on the road against Aaron Rodgers at home with a week to prepare for. The one thing I did I thought about um Earlier in the day, prior to this game, is so Matt Lafleur, yeah, right, coach for Green Bay, right, worked on the staff at Washington with who? Shanahan, yeah, no, not Shan. Well, no. Shanahan, but who else? Uh Sean McVay. Oh, oh okay. who? Right. Yeah, that entire staff. Nobody set. has owned Pete Carroll like Sean McVay has. Sean McVay has go look up Jared Goff's numbers against Pete Carroll and the Seahawks defense since Sean McVay took it's like mind-boggling. And I guarantee you Matt LaFleur is on the phone with Sean McVay like, "Hey man, like give me something. Like what do you guys do against them?" Like that's the first thing I think of cuz you know those coaches do that. Oh yeah, talk. coaches talk to each other. Coaches 100% talk to each other. Like if they if they have a good relationship, like right. if they know each other, and they, you know. But like I said, Lafleur, Shanahan, and McVay were all on that staff together, and I guarantee you, Matt Lafleur called up Sean McVay and was like, "Hey, man, like, give me the lowdown on Pete. Like, what is he like? What does he does? What doesn't he like? Why why do you have such success against him? Now, obviously, it doesn't directly translate because Matt Lafleur doesn't run McVay's concepts. He doesn't have his roster." But there are still things that McVay can tell him, like, hey, man, if you have any of these type of concepts in your offense, do them. Because Pete does not do well against it. So I think that could be a potentially a thing in this game that you see that people can go back to and be like, wow, like, look at this. This is like a lot of like the stuff that the Rams do against them. So um, maybe I think the Packers are going to win. I think we we joked that like, oh, all no, the high seeds are going to win last week and we were all wrong. But I feel like this week is... The the teams that got buys this this year, 
I guess you could say outside of Green Bay because I think a lot of people thought the Saints were better than Green Bay. But the other three teams were like, those are the three best teams. Right. Those are the three best teams. Like, And uh, speaking of that, we get to the final game of Wild Card Weekend, which is, I think, the game that gave us the most to talk about. There's a lot of shit going on in Foxborough right now. People think Tom Brady's done as a Patriot. I kind of agree. Where does he go? I don't know. I don't know where he goes. Well, first of all, let's talk about this. What happens the big, to ABTB12? The, the big pee-pee move of the year. <laughs> the big pee-pee move. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. Big pee-pee move. Mike Vrabel running the time off the clock on the punt. Oh, my God. <laughs> like the did Bill, the Belichick on the Belichick. Dude, oh. pull it up. Belichick. I was, I, we were at Corey's house. Just, yeah. I was audibly screaming i was like oh my god i can't believe he's doing this to him of like, course big brain dude they ran what they run like almost two minutes off the yeah. clock oh and bill's freaking out on the sideline mike vrabel's got that like mustache like with that like scowl like mm, yeah i got you bill <laughs> fuck you bill like that was the best like if if the patriots dynasty was gonna end in a moment that one. That was the moment. Like, someone else using their thing against them. Like, their cheap little exploit exposing the rules. It's mm. not cheating, but it's not really fair. Like, using it against you and having that not decide the game, but be, like, a big part of why they won or why they lost, I should say. But since the loss, oh, man. Okay, so first... Joe Judge becomes the coach of the Giants. I know we'll talk about the Giants later, but he was their great special teams, special teams coach. Special teams for the Patriots has been their elite big standout. Yeah, that like, was a Bill Belichick thing. Right. Like, they've had a top 10 special teams unit. They've blocked a ton of punts this year. There are rumors that Josh McDaniels is leaving um, either to be a head coach um, in Cleveland right now. Cleveland's the only head coaching vacancy left. Or potentially an offensive coordinator for the Giants. Yes. Um, and go there with Joe Judge, which I think would be interesting. And I don't know what we're not. We're not going to be. We're, we I guess we could talk about whether or not Josh McDaniels would fit in Cleveland. But him going from an offensive coordinator position and just moving laterally to an offensive coordinator position, I feel like would be odd. Doesn't typically happen. It doesn't typically happen. Yeah. But he is going to get to work with. Joe Judge, who he knows. Like, right. it would be... I think he would have a lot more say without the... The thing about the New York job is Josh would have a lot more say without the responsibility of being the head coach. Right. And I think that would that would be really enticing. But anyway... Um, and then there's all the talk about Brady. And I think the most incredible thing that came from this was the quote from Bill Belichick, where Belichick was like, yeah, this isn't a one-way street. Basically saying like, yeah, um, my my opinion is gonna factor into this. Oh yeah, of translation. Course. I don't want him. I want Brady. To, that's that's the tra- read between the lines of that. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Belichick wants Brady to go. He wanted Brady to go three years ago. Yeah, with the whole Garoppolo thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, Belichick wants Brady to go. Here's the problem: Kraft doesn't. Kraft do, like vehemently wants Brady to stay. Like, he wants Brady to either retire or be a Patriot forever. Yep. Now, we don't know what Brady wants. 
It's like he's an unrestricted free agent. Brady wants to play, but he also says he's not taking a hometown discount this time. But that's the thing. I think Kraft will give it to him. So the situation becomes if Brady's not going to take a hometown discount and Kraft's going to give him a whole bunch of money, right? Mm-hmm. What does Bill do? I mean, it's not like Bill can just leave. Oh, he could until leave. until the Bill Joe, could one hundred percent leave until the Joe Judge hire ha- happened. I was convinced that, it, like, if, if the Giants were going to wait for their vacancy, I thought it was going to be Bill Belichick. I'm going to say this: you can't beat him, China. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. Here's my thing, Bill Belichick. You think for just Joe Judge's defensive coordinator? You think for one second that a Bill Belichick left New England and called up the Giants and said, I want to be your head coach. <coughs> they would just drop Joe they Judge. They would immediately drop Joe Judge. Oh, they would. Oh, yeah, they would. Come on. Like, they would immediately do it. I on it's it's the most it's gonna be the most fascinating, like because there's literally like layers to this where it's like Belichick clearly doesn't want Brady to come back. Or at the very least he wants the ability to draft someone and develop them behind Brady. Yes. Yeah. Which he hasn't had the chance to do because Brady won't let him do it, right? That was the whole thing with Garoppolo, right? Where everyone, like all the Patriot players, would like when Garoppolo was there, were like singing the praise, like, "Dude, he's great. He's so good in practice. He's a leader. He he is leeching off of Brady as far as the leader." But Brady just wouldn't let him play. But like Kraft wants Brady to stay. I don't know. If Brady wants to stay. That's kind of the determining factor in it. If Brady wants to go somewhere else, but if Kraft's like, I'll give you as much money as you want to stay, Brady is probably going to be like, okay, well, I guess, sure. <laughs> like, all right. And my thing is, if, problem, Brady, and, if Brady leaves, where does he go? Because if he goes somewhere, he wants it to be a contender. The Chargers? Fuck. Yeah, you're right. Makes sense. It's the, it's the most logical destination. They need to sell tickets. Rivers is probably gone. Rivers doesn't want to come back. Rivers doesn't want to move to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, they have talent on offense. Way more talent than the uh, freaking Patriots do. They got a good defense. He lives out there. It's where he's from. So he can kind of go back home and play in California. I don't know. I, I think it makes the most sense. I don't know if he'll do it. Because... I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm under the impression that a part. I guess I should say a part of me is under the impression that nothing's going to happen. That Brady's going to stay and Belichick's going to stay. The other thing people aren't taking into consideration is the Patriots are going to get punished for this ben, the Bengals thing. Oh yeah. Like Adam Schefter came out and was like, they are going to be punished. Like they're going to lose draft picks. They're going to be fined. So like, if the Patriots all of a sudden lose a whole bunch of draft picks, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah, like, Bill can't... Say they lose, like, their first-round pick this year. The fuck's Belichick going to do? Trade a future first-round pick to the Detroit Lions to get Matt Stafford. That's Well, that was the thing I was going to get to, is Corey kind of yeah. tipped us off that there's this rumor that the, the Lions and the Patriots are kind of going to work out this deal where the Patriots take on Stafford and send a bunch of picks to the Lions, and the Lions draft to Otunga Vailoa or trade back. With the Dolphins, so the Dolphins can get to a tongue of Iloa or whatever the heck is going on. My thing about that is this. I don't know if Belichick will want to take Stafford because of the back injury. 
Mm. The back injury is a really big deal. I think I think Belichick would rather not. If Belichick's going to trade for a quarterback in the league, I don't think even if it was with Matt Patricia, I I don't. I know Stafford can play. I just don't know if Belichick would want to take a quarterback that has that scary of an injury. Because like remember when like like Tony Romo had that back injury, came back that. Next year, dude, one hit, he was done. Yep. Like, that's all it takes is one shot, and you're done. Like, you are not going to come back. I don't know if Belichick's going to want to do that. Yeah. That's the one part of this. I think Detroit's kind of stuck with Stafford. Yeah, I'm really worried that, like, Stafford's career's over. It might. 100% might be. Yeah. Like Another one of the old guard. Yeah. He's a little old. He's he's up there. He's a little older than, uh, not quite as old as Aaron. Or is he older than Aaron? I think he's older than Aaron. He might be older than Aaron. You're right. Or right around the same age. Yeah, they're really close. He's like um, right in that middle ground, the bridge. Yeah. The he's bridge in he's in that. that area with like Aaron and, and not quite Russ. Russ and Cam are kind of in that under, like right underneath them as far as like age goes. But Yeah, Cam and Russ were the start of the new guard. Yeah, Cam and Russ were like the the gatekeepers of the, the new wave of... Of all the quarterback talent we see this year. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I mean that's that's the Patriots. What about the team that won the game? Um, I don't know. It's Derrick Henry. That. <laughs> okay. Here's two hundred something pound piece of man meat. It only took me and Justin just telling everyone for two years to use him. I have a meme that is just Derrick Henry's face on a tractor, <laughs> and like there it is. <laughs> There's that game. I have an I have an I have an interesting uh I have an interesting question to ask both of you. I want to know both of your answers. Okay. Next year. Uh-huh. Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are free agents. <coughs> yep. The Titans right now, going into next year, have fifty seven million dollars in cap space. They also need to sign their right tackle, Jack Conklin, who's been really good. Assuming that they only get Maybe $45 million of that money to use. What do you do with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? I mean, I, I feel like uh, you, Tannehill's going to get. He's not. He's. Tannehill's going to get like. Because the, the thing I was going back and forth with pay. with my brother. I was, feel like they're going to give Derrick Henry more money. That was what I was going to say. Does Derrick Henry get the long term contract and cut, uh, Tannehill gets tagged? Or do they give the contract to Tannehill and do they tag Derrick Henry? I don't think they tag Derrick Henry if they're smart. If they're smart, they they get they tie up Derrick Henry, a back who is a little like who's been around the league for a few years, but he hasn't had the production that other backs have, but he's had the experience. So like I think he could really hit like an amazing stride as a running back like going Dude, into been, next year. He's been run a lot though. This Just this year, year though. though. I guess, yeah. But Up until now, years, they he's been running. He was, that was, he was like a forty percent ball carrier, right. Next to Deion Lewis and shit. Mm-hmm. That, that was the problem with the Titans last year, is that they would refuse to run him for whatever reason, and so this is his first year of big production, really. And you see what it pays off. I mean, I feel like it'd be kind of silly not to sign him to at least a pretty good deal. Here's, I think you have to sit Ryan Tannehill down and be like, "Listen, you were great." You saved like us. You, you helped save us. But we know what you are. That's what that's what I was gonna say. Like And you need to know what you Ryan are. Ryan Tannehill that's the thing though. Ryan Tannehill 
took that field. Dude, they won seven games. He, he do- showed flashes he doubled, of brilliance. He doubled their points per game. I know. Like, it's... And that's what I was trying to tell my brother. It's like, it's not so simple as to be like, oh, well, Derek's clearly better at his job than Tannehill is at his job, so we got to pay Derek. I was like, it's not that simple. Derek Henry's been there the last four years when they've done nothing outside of beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, Tannehill gave them the ability for Henry to go off because exactly. the quarterback play improved. That's what I'm saying. So That's like, why I think I think they both get paid. I think they both get paid. I think Henry I think Henry gets the Lions share the money, but I also don't think they don't skimp on they don't skip on skimp on Tannehill. And they will they will structure the two deals to where Henry gets paid up front and then tails off and then Tannehill kind of ramps up and gets paid more on the back end because they know Tannehill's going to have longevity. Yeah, I definitely think that's what I would. That's well, that's what I would do. I don't know if they're going to do it. I think if you if you pay them both, probably what they're going to ask for, you you can't because you're not going to have enough. But right. and obviously you can tinker around with your roster and you could do trades and you could restructure and you can do all that type of stuff. Um, but I definitely think that the Titans are going to have a really tough decision on their hands. Because I think I don't know if Tannehill's going to do that. I don't know if Tannehill's going to walk in and be that humble, like, yeah, man, you know, I understand. You know, I was a backup. I was this. I think he's going to come and be like, dude, I saved your season. I beat Tom Brady in Foxborough. Especially if Brady retires, he's going to be like, I retired, Brady. Sure, I threw for 79 yards. But that's not going to be what his agent says. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Or my client's the guy that beat Tom Brady in Foxborough. Like, yeah, he threw for 79 yards, but whatever. It's going to be interesting. I, I Well, it's going to – I think it really comes down to – because the game's going to come to Tannehill's shoulders this week. You're yeah. not going to be able to run Derrick Henry the same way. I think the exact this – is, This is the litmus test on yes. who gets paid. I was going to say that because this week I think it's going to be the exact opposite. I think the Ravens are not going to let Derrick Henry – no, John Harbaugh is better than that. No, yeah. He's going to sell out to get rid of He's going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, and he's just going to make it so that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to beat him with A.J. Brown, who is awesome. And I knew he, the best receiver coming out of Ole Miss. You called it. I, I tried to tell everybody. I was like, D.K. Metcalf isn't even the best receiver to come out of Ole Miss this year. It's A.J. Brown. And then I was like, oh, he had 160 yards against the Eagles. Yeah, against the janitors that play cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, oh, it makes me so mad. DK Metcalf runs real fast in a straight line. You know who the best deep ball throw in the entire NFL is? Russell Wilson. That's why Look they, it up. That's why they drafted him. Right. They yeah. didn't draft him because he's a polished wide receiver. They drafted right. him because he's fast and big. Right. Like, big that's what they needed because they had a bunch of little fast little guys. Yeah. Here's oh, a fast big a- guy that could bully a- people. AJ Brown is an all around talented, very good wide receiver, and I called it. You did, you did. I know my wide receivers, dude. You do, dude. I know, I know I'm coming out of college. I could tell. I could tell so who's gonna be good. What do we think about the Titans Ravens? They're game? gonna get spanked. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get the dude, they're gonna get I love the Titans story, man. This is like this is gonna well, be I this mean, is gonna be the most lopsided game you know, this week. Okay, here here's the yep. do you the think Ravens may is, score fifty. Do you think time is a flat circle? Do I think time is a flat circle? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? How often do you think like just shit happens and sometimes the way the cosmos works out, history has funny ways of repeating itself but not repeating itself. I think that happens sometimes. 
All right, here's a stat. <laughs> is this the time is a flat circle stat in the NFL? Yes. Oh my 11 god. Eleven so years ready. ago today. Eleven years ago today, the six seed Baltimore Ravens went to Nashville to take on the one seeded Tennessee Titans in the divisional round and emerged with an upset victory. <laughs> Eleven years later. The Tennessee Titans are the sixth seed going to Baltimore to play the number one seed in Ravens. Who was the quarterback of that Tennessee Titans team? Kerry Collins? Yeah. 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 Kerry Collins isn't taking the field for Baltimore. Kerry Collins ain't going to win MVP that year. Lamar Jackson's going to win him. The only shot. That Tennessee has is if Baltimore reverts back to that team they were the first four weeks of the year where they couldn't stop the run and Marcus Peters is jumping routes, trying to get interceptions, and he's whiffing, and A.J. Brown's running down the field, and the run game's not working, so Lamar's got to drop back 25 to 30 times, which he's not used to doing. I'm not trying to say he can't beat you that way. The Ravens can 100% beat you that way. But I don't know, man. Like, the Ravens this year just look like, unless they're going up against, like, San Fran or the Chiefs. Yep. That's really, like, the only – it's really the only thing I see not even really stopping them, just kind of, like, keeping up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Those are the two teams that can keep yep. up the most. And, I mean, again, Lamar Jackson has three losses. Two of them are to the Chiefs. I keep saying that to people. People are like, oh, no, man. They're going to they're gonna beat the Chiefs. I'm like, they they haven't. Haven't yet. They haven't yet. Like, <laughs> They've lost to him two times. Yeah, Lamar's played Pat twice. He's 0-2. Like, the game earlier this year, he didn't play very good at all. Like, he was... He had a couple, like, crazy, like, backyard football plays. But, like, Lamar did not play well that game. Um, as a whole, but it's just interesting. I don't know, man. I, Football's I think, cool. I think Tennessee is a good story. If you're gonna pick a hot take upset, this is probably the one you take. Yeah, I just don't see it happening because Bal- Baltimore is the team that went into the bye the most injured. Yep. So we don't really know how they are because in that Browns game in Week 16, Mark Ingram got dinged up. Lamar got dinged up. Marquise Brown's been on a pitch count all year long, and Mark Andrews got hurt. Yep. So those are their four best players on offense. And they haven't played for two weeks. And they haven't played for two weeks. Tennessee had to play their way in. They beat the Patriots. If you're a believer in momentum theory, then the Titans have a much better shot in this game than you would normally say at face value if right. you believe in momentum theory. Um. But then again, you could also argue the Baltimore Ravens haven't lost in four months. So, like, how do they not have momentum? Do you know what I mean? You could, like, you're like, oh, well, yeah, they. I mean, you look at whether they peaked too early or if they rested. I mean, we're going to. It's going to be another one of the classic cases of. Is the bye week good or bad? Bye week good or bad? Resting your players in, 17, in week 17 good or bad? Or playing your heart out because every game from week 13 on has been a playoff game for the Titans. Every game, and that's the same thing with 49ers. Every game has been a 
basically a playoff game since in, in, since they since they lost to Seattle. Yep. Every game was a playoff game. Which since they lost to Seattle, the, the top four teams in the NFC have like played super important games every single fucking week. And San Fran won basically all of them. Yes. They won all their big games outside of the game against Baltimore, and it was very, very close. Incredibly close. In a driving rainstorm on the road, and it came down to a Justin Tucker field goal. Which, of course, he's going to hit it. Which, of, yeah, of course. You know, if it would have been the. That's why I said after that game was over. If San Fran would have got the ball, that would have been Robbie Gold kicking it. Robbie yep. Gold's a top five kicker all time. Right. So, like, Robbie Gold's going to drill the field goal. Like. Yep. It's a totally. I mean, it's, it's, those two should be the teams in the Super Bowl. Wait, they probably two? won't be. The Niners and Ravens. Oh it no! Be it's NFL One Hundred. We're getting Green Bay, Kansas City, dude. I, I I I said this at the beginning of the year, dude. If it happens, not only will I come, oh. but I will also come. <laughs> I thought you meant. Oh. Okay. I will also come <laughs> to your house. I will infiltrate Uh-oh. your household for that Super Bowl game. If that That's happens. fine. I'm guaranteed to not be working that Sunday. So yeah, same. So I will be infiltrating your household. I will bring. I will bring the drink and snack, and all of the fucking attitude towards your whole fucking family. Do you know what? Do you know what I want the Super Bowl to be? Hmm. Just out of like, not out of spite of anybody, but just kind of out of like, man, the NFL's fun. I kind of want it to be Tennessee. And like Minnesota. Oh, oh man! The six Give me the six seeds. No, but like, Terrible. dude, like, dude, think, Battle of the think about the redemption arcs, like Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. Think about those redemption arcs, man. Like Kirk it's Cousins making fun of him all year long. Can't win the big game. He's six of thirty. 0-8 on primetime. He sucked that first year of Minnesota. Fully guaranteed contract. Adam Thielen making fun of him. Stephon Diggs wanting to be traded. All this shit. He goes to the Super Bowl. Then Ryan Tannehill gets run out of Miami. Starts the year on the bench behind Marcus Mariota. Takes the team over. Like, that's some good shit. Like, that's a good Super Bowl story. Yeah. I it, think... Uh... It wouldn't be a good game. But like, strangely enough, even though there's a two seed, I think uh, the Packers making it would be a giant story too, just because they've been man. Would that look bad on Mike McCarthy? It would. But holy like, shit, the most this like the most successful team with the most negative press. Correct. This year, yeah. Speak. And I mean, go ahead. There's reason behind it. There's 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 merit behind what these people what people are saying. So just picking on the Packers. And if they were to somehow, like, if Aaron Rodgers was to somehow get his shit together and they make this run, I think that's a giant story, too. It's the big middle finger. Speaking of Mike McCarthy. Yes. We'll do this real quick. Um, coach time. Like or dislike the head coaching hires this season? For We'll start with Mike McCarthy. Do you like or do you dislike? Yeah, he's better than Garrett. Anything's better than Garrett. Anything's better than Garrett. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what McCarthy does without a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Um, Ron Rivera at Washington. We'll see what he does with the same quarterback. I. We'll see what he does with younger Cam Newton. I sneaky like this. So do I. I I kind of like sneaky like this hire a lot because like. Washington has good personnel, like real good personnel. Like they have a really good defensive front. 
They have a nice young wide receiver in McLaurin. They got good running backs. They got good depth across the offensive line's hurt all the time. Haskins showed signs of being a decent quarterback. Yeah, Haskins showed some signs he's young. He only played, he was like the Mitch Trubisky of this draft class. He barely played in college. Yep. Basically got drafted off of one year of tape. Um, they didn't want to play him because they knew he wasn't ready. They were kind of forced into playing him. Um, I, I'm not saying the Redskins are going to be like good next year. I just think like, I think it was a good hire. I think that's a good hire. Um, Joe Judge. Who knows? I have no clue. I mean, like, yeah, who knows? I, everyone keeps, oh, the last time a special teams coordinator got hired, his name was John Harbaugh. True. So, like, maybe he's the next John Harbaugh for the Giants. I mean, if it, if that's the case, it might take some time. I don't know how I – I just don't know how I feel about this one, I think. And it's so strange that they made the move on him this quickly. That's the thing that's got me confused. Can we just uh, golf clap that the Browns bungled the coaching jobs again? I don't think they bungled Did they, though? It. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they bungled Being it. patient? Yeah, I don't think their patience. I don't think their patience hurt. I'll say that if they don't get Josh McDaniels, then I'll say they bungled it. Okay. If Josh McDaniels leaves Cleveland without a job, I would be like, oh wow, like they really fucked this up, like real hard. Is if they Josh McDaniels, but then every the every Cleveland fan in the world, like, oh, we didn't want him anyway, and then I punch them all in the mouth. <laughs> Josh McDaniels isn't going to be the only guy available. He's not going to be the only guy available. Yeah, I was saying like. I don't think it's a, a terrible move I, just because they can – they'll have a – with the only team with a head coach vacancy, they can they can actually really look around to people. They also don't have a GM hire. yet. Yeah. By the way. Well, that too. That's probably – Well, I mean just whoever they hire as head coach can be the GM. It worked out for the, the Dolphins. And the Texans. Right. And then finally, um, my favorite the one is Matt Jets. Rule for the Panthers. Absolutely. Love Matt Rule. Interesting hire. He's a he's a big like analytics dude, like real creative. Um, he's not like Cliff Kingsbury. He actually won at the college level, like outside like not like Cliff King. Cliff Kingsbury has a losing record, right, at the college level. Funnily enough, uh, because of this hire, I like Cam Newton returning to Carolina. I do too. I think yeah. Matt Rule keeps Carolina. I said that from the jump. I was like, in my opinion, you keep Cam just because like. You need to keep the fans. You need to like keep the fans invested, because like if Matt Rule and this new GM come in or whoever the new owner that just bought the team, uh, come in and they're like, nope, we're getting rid of Cam. You're already like putting yourself in like an awkward situation with the fans because they're like, wow, you're just gonna like move off of our MVP who got us to a Super Bowl like just like that just because he was injured. Like, I also like. Um, I mean, I did a little bit of research on it, but I think. Uh, he would compliment uh, Rule very well for what he's probably going to go for offensively. It's yeah. valid. It's valid. So I think it, I think it just makes sense to keep Cam Newton now. I know we were talking all year about how like he's basically going to be gone. I don't think so anymore. I think this changes everything. I think Ron Rivera was still the coach. You probably do see Cam Newton leaving. Not now. I think it changes. Which is very very interesting. By the way, I didn't they didn't say anything about it before, but I, I like the McCarthy hire in Dallas. Call me biased. No no no, I understand. Um, I think uh, I think McCarthy was a great coach while he was in Green Bay, and shit shit hits the fans sometimes, man. It doesn't matter like you 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 can have a good quarterback and suck and be a shitty head coach and and have shitty outputs. You've seen it happen. I agree. It doesn't just magically happen for you. Um, 
that's not like not like the Texans are going to a Super Bowl and winning one anytime soon. You know what I mean? Right. He's not a Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh God. So God, that irritates me. And I think especially if uh the only thing I'm worried about with the McCarthy hires is like how much is this really gonna matter if Jerry's still breathing down his head coach's neck? Nothing. Exactly. That's that's the thing that I'm worried about with this hire. With anybody going to Dallas, but like, how much does this really matter if Jerry is still just going to run the team anyway? Yeah. Jerry still calls all the shots. Jerry going to be Jerry. Jerry's not changing. Nope, not changing the damn thing. Jerry Jaw got Mike McCarr. Mike McCarr. Mick? No, it would be no, it would be uh, Mick. It'd be Mick. It'd be Mick Mick. Yeah, it'd be Mick Mick. It's Mick Mick. <laughs> what up, Mick Mick? Yeah, because it's MCC. Who put that star on your chest, Mick Mick? Mick Mick. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted to share this with you guys. I talked about it. If you guys don't uh, already do so, you could subscribe to us on Patreon, and you get free content every week where we do deep cuts and we talk about stuff. It's mostly video games. Oh, we um, have someone at the Corey Best Friend tier. Um, we do. Yes, thank you very much, Angry. Angry, I think Corey still owes you a conversation. We need to set that up. Yeah, sometime this, this, sometime this month. He yeah, sometime this month, this month uh, Corey owes you some sort of 30, I don't know how we time it, but 30 minutes of Twitter DM conversation. You can talk about whatever you want. I'll just do it all in one sitting, I'd imagine. Well, yeah. We just hang out for a little bit, do some conversation. Yeah. So, um... No, we expected Corey to figure this one. Obviously, we did. Uh, I don't Just know if two. we did. Did we do it all year? Did we do that betting lines thing all year long? I think yeah, I, yeah, we did. Did we do that? Um, so uh, we were doing that all year long. Um, I did pick every game this year against the spread, just for like a fun little thing. I did it on ESPN. Kept track of uh, how I did over the course of the season. Now, I picked. I I, I had a pick rate of. 55%, like a little over 55%. I got 142 games right. Now, a lot of people are probably like, oh, 55, that's not very good, like, at all. Well, the thing about if you were to bet games, 55% is actually insanely good. Yeah, it's really good. You could have made a living off that this year. The number you want to hit if you're a professional gambler is like 52%. Because that's when you're like just barely breaking over even. And the reason for that is because a lot of bets are minus 110 odds. They're yeah. 11 to 10 odds. So you can't go 50% and make your money back. Because for every $100 you bet and win, you're only making a profit of 90. Uh-huh. But you're still, for every bet you lose, you're losing 100. So in other words, if you make two wagers this weekend, right, that are both at minus 110 odds... And you win one and you lose one, you net lost $10, basically, right? Yeah. So you need to get over. So getting 55% is really good. So I wanted to know this year, if I had bet $100 on every single game this year, right? Picking the games I picked with the numbers that I had, with the results that happened, how much money would I have won? Had I done it this year, I would have won fifteen thousand six hundred and sixty. Oh my goodness! Damn, dude. Now, if you're wondering what happens if you go down from fifty-five to fifty-four percent, uh huh, it's just four games. I would have made twelve hundred dollars less. 
Oh my god. By just going down 1%. Oh my god. So that's how small you're and if you go down 2% down to 53, I lose almost $10,000. Wow. Because it it, it gets it gets so exponentially lower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're losing more because you're losing $100 more you're every doing time. Anything, yeah. Right. So it's cu- it's not only cutting into your winnings, it's adding to your losses. So it gets exponentially more the uh, like the more accurate you are, like uh, the higher up, like the higher up you get over fifty two percent, it gets exponentially more. But then the closer you get to fifty two percent, it gets way smaller. Yeah. So, but yeah, had I bet a hundred dollars on every single game this year, I would have walked away at the end of the year with over fifteen thousand dollars, and. Wow. That is, I'm upset that I didn't bet $100 on every game this year. Yeah, well, you're going to do it next year and then get it like 40%. I'm not, but I did think of something I'm going to do. Okay. So, and I wanted to announce this on the podcast. So, what I'm going to do next year is I'm going to start the season with $160. Okay, I have $160, right? I have to bet. On every single game of the week, but I have to use that $160. Now, that means I could just bet $10 on every game. Right. Right? Now, if I would have done that this year, obviously, you would just move the decimal point one over. I would have made like $1,500 had you done that, right? Right. But the rules that I'm doing are I don't need to bet $10 on every game. I can bet up to 20 on a game if I'm really confident or I can bet five if I'm like not confident at all right but I have to spend all $160 right between the Thursday night game the Sunday night games and the Monday night game right okay now say after the week one I win enough games to where I'm sitting at $175 total I walk away from the week with 175 gotcha I can still only use that $160. I can't up bets because I've won more money. Fair. Now, if at any point I drop below $160, I can't bet the following week at all. I'm not allowed to touch any money. And then the following week after that one, I can replenish myself and do it again. So at the end of the year, I want to see how much money I either walk away with or lose. Or lose. But the idea is is that you never you don't substantially drop below the $160 that you started with so that you're not like blowing a lot of money <laughs> basically cuz I obviously I don't have a lot of money to spend on this, but it's just something I want to do just to see if like because the whole object of it is say I have four games. I but not even four games. Say I just have one game where I'm real confident and I put $20 down on it, right? Say it's like earlier this season. I actually did do this. I bet on the San Francisco 49ers-Cleveland Browns game. Yeah. I, I took the Niners line and I I won, obviously. Yeah. Um, say I put $20 down on that game. If I win that game, I get $19, right? Right. Well, $18. I get $18, right, if I win that game. That means I could... Bet three other games, five dollars, and lose all three, and still make money. 
So the idea of it is, is I need to be really, really accurate on the games that I really like. And then all the other games, I could just throw $5 at it, and if I win, I win. You know? But it really puts an emphasis on, like, there were a couple weeks this year where I went, like, 5 and 10. Not 5 and 10. I went, like, 5 and 8. Right? But mm-hmm. as long as I hit, if those five games I hit on were the, the games that I was ones. really confident in, right. I'm going to make money no matter what. So that's kind of the whole idea behind it. Um, I'm going to try to do it next year. Um, we'll see how I do. Um, but yeah, hitting 55% was like... That's that's actually amazing. That's that, hella sicko. Yeah, that's like... If you look up, you could look up like gambling articles uh, and like explain how sports gambling works. Like, if you're a, if you're a gambler and you hit fifty five percent on a year, that's like, that's real good. That's real. That's good. really good. Like, so hitting on a season, I kept track of, um, each conference this year, right? Okay. So I I went back and I calculated out. I wish I had it on me. Um. What I did is I I marked down for every team in the NFL how many times I was right for them and how many times I was wrong. So in other words, say I was on the Patriots, right? Uh-huh. And I picked the Patriots to cover a game that they didn't. I put like a little X next to their name. Mm-hmm. But if I picked it if I picked them to cover and they did, I put a little check mark, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My pick rate for the NFC this year, okay? So, basically, the check marks and so the, basically, like how accurate wa- was I in games that involved NFC teams? Yeah. Okay. I was at sixty-one percent. Wow! What the fuck? What the fuck? I had three teams in the NFC that I went thirteen and three with. It was the Niners, the Lions, and there was one other one. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Chicago. I nailed the no. It was uh, Tampa. That was it. I nailed those three teams every week. I was nailing them. I had those teams down. You uh, you really had Tampa down. I had Tampa down like all year long. Like whenever they were going to lose, I knew they were going to lose, and when they were going to win, I knew they were going to win. I shouldn't say win or lose. I should say cover. Um, the <laughs> the AFC. Um, I was at forty nine. Ooh. Um, the AFC was a wild mess. This the year. Uh, the AFC, I didn't have a single division where I went above five hundred. Yikes! Um, the AFC West, I actually had my worst team in the AFC West. It was the Raiders. I went three and thirteen with the Raiders. Ooh! Couldn't figure out like the Raiders were. I could not. Nobody could figure out the Raiders. I could not figure out the Raiders. Not like, even the Raiders could all, figure out the all Raiders. year long. Couldn't figure them out. Um. So yeah, my NFC this year, I nailed the NFC. I don't know what it was this year, but like, and people are like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How could you? Well, the reason is because the majority of the games that the NFC teams play are against other NFC teams. So like, you could be really off on your AFC like betting lines, like the teams that the games that involve AFC teams, but still be picking well. In the NFC, because there's vastly more NFC versus NFC opponents, or NFC versus NFC games, than there are cross conference games on any given season, obviously, because you have six divisional games per team every year. So, but yeah, 61. I calculated it was like 61. I was like, holy shit. 
Dude, there were three teams I went. I was. I was like, so the whole my whole NFC West was like I was thirteen and three on the 49ers, ten and six on the Rams, ten and six on the Seahawks, and like nine and seven on the Cardinals. Good stuff. It was like wild, but then I had like the AFC West where I was like three and thirteen. Six and ten, six and ten. Like it finds its way to even out. Well, sort pseudo even out. Pseudo, pseudo even out. Yeah, yeah. I, your uh, conference, well, your division was. No, yeah, fucking. Well, I don't know what to that. think about our division, man. What the AFC as a whole, I think, was wild this year. But um, I never, I think I'm doing with betting too. Hopefully, like it actually can work in Ohio next year. If not, I'll just keep going to Pennsylvania. Pass the goddamn sports book law. I know there's two different laws. Uh, two different bills, one in the Senate, one in the House. Ohio, get your shit together. Find which one you want. Take the best things from both of them and implement it. We need a sports book in Ohio. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm tired of crossing the state lines for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Name of the episode, for entertainment purposes only. For, That's why I'm gone all the time, guys. I'm crossing the state lines to bet for entertainment purposes. Yeah. I have a, I have a it's qu- legal to cross state lines and bet. But uh, speaking of that, uh, I I did I did my own personal bets uh, four times this year on four different Packers games, and I was right every time. So I'm going to carry that energy into this year, and I'm going to bet on every Packers game. I'm That's just, scary. I can't bet on the Chiefs. Man. I'm just letting. You, I'm, I'm, I am so right about them. For those of you that are curious, speaking of that, for those of you that are curious about me and betting on my own team, I will never bet more than five dollars on the Steelers. Because I'm already irritated enough when they play. <laughs> so the only game this entire season that I would have went all in on was the game against the Chargers. I knew we were going to win that game. Like, I just knew. Because the Chargers at that point were, like, really devastated with injury yeah. and playing real bad. And we put it... We, that was the game where Duck started the first time. And I knew that the Chargers were going to be unprepared. Like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen with this kid, so we don't know what to do. So that was the only game. That would have been, like, super confident on the Steelers. Every other game, like, nope, five bucks. Oh, they're playing the Bengals. Don't care. Five bucks. I don't care. I'm not putting more than that much money on my team because they frustrate me. So. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. The Packers. As far as, like, once I I figured out their identity under LaFleur, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And, I mean, I was right. On on their their coverages, I was right. Yeah. So, um, I have a question. Yeah. It is um, currently quarter after two yeah. in the morning. Yeah. yeah, it is. Football after dark. After dark. I want to go to bed. Yeah, let's go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> Please listen to us on podcast service of your choice. Podcast you wanna, services. I want a friendly reminder. Of your we choice. Are, yep. Want a friendly reminder that we are on Spotify, and it, uh, Spotify has we, recently come into its own as a very very good podcast hosting service. We see you, listener from That's Turkey. That's how I listen to us. We see you, listener from Turkey. Yeah, so just, we like, stand you. If you haven't if you haven't listened to any podcasts on Spotify. Uh, I, I recommend you give it a shot. It's a really nice nice podcast app. Uh, I've pretty much started migrating all my shit to Spotify because I actually like the format it has for podcasts now as opposed to dedicated podcast apps. Plus, it puts everything together, which is nice. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm an Apple shill. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been using for all this time, but I'm kind of migrating over. Uh, if you like us so much that you'd love to give us money, and you should, head over to patreon.com slash FADPOD. 
Did did uh, it's been a while. Did um did you say uh this, uh, did you say I did. Thanks, buddy. F A D P O D. I was supposed to cut you off. Stop. <laughs> Go there and give us money. We have uh we have a bunch of different tiers now because we're fucking goofballs. You know our basic one dollar tier, which our good uh, our good friend Tom is part of. Say hi, Tom. Hi. He's in the studio audience today. He's a good patron, good man. 49ers fan. They're gonna win. I'm, I almost guarantee it. <laughs> and You're gonna love the way you look. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> Sponsor us. Shout out Men's Warehouse. Sponsor <laughs> us. Unsubscribe. <laughs> then we also have two where you can unlock the deep cuts that come out every week where we talk for a few minutes about stuff. This this week we, we talked about shows, the occasional post shows. Anytime we want to do anything. And in the time I want to do some extra, which there's uh, there's some stuff in the in the oven that I'm working on. Oh, you got some stuff in the oven. Some stuff in the Baby, oven. Baby, you better preheat that. I mean, it's preheated. Like that, well, that process is just in the there. The problem right? is is that Justin has been preheating the oven for three months. He just hasn't put anything in it yet. Right, and that's kind of the problem. My house is on fire. Yeah, the the racks in there are now melting and are unusable. So are we like the uh, um, the epitome of the dog image? This is fine as we record a podcast in flames. Not yet, but it's very soon. All right, twitter.com slash F-A-D-P-O-D. Yeah, follow us there so Corey can make you laugh. YouTube.com slash F-A-D-P-O-D. Um, Instagram.com slash F-A-D-P-O-D. These don't exist. Bumbler.com slash F-A-D-P-O-D. You find us on Tinder <laughs> at F-A-D-P-O-D. LinkedIn.com slash F-A-D-P-O-D. Uh, AskJeeves.com slash AskJeeves. Google hang a Snapchat F-A-D-P-O-D. Google Hangouts F-A-D-P-O-D. Hold on, guys. I'm asking Jeeves something <laughs> on my clearly real keyboard I'm tapping. It's how to end the podcast. Oh, I found it. No.